Hey everybody, Pastor Joe here. Welcome to another episode of Bothell Amplified. Uh, today we are in week two of our Advent series, Waiting Well, looking at how our waiting is to be intentional. And we welcomed Connor Walden uh, to give us the word this morning. Uh, Connor is currently serving as our interim youth coordinator. He is also an artist. He is somebody who uh, brings a passion of creativity and uh, God's belovedness uh, in all that he does. And he shares this message um, that encourages us and invites us into intentionality in our waiting. Uh, Check it out. There was a pastor who is a godly man, but he finds he has this weird spiritual gift where every time he prays for somebody, that person loses their faith. This is a bit embarrassing, of course, for a pastor because anytime someone says, could you say a blessing over me, he, and he would do that, they would go, I don't believe in God anymore. I don't believe in angels or demons or any of this stuff. So the pastor kept the spiritual gift to himself. But then one day, he was on this train, and across from him was this businessman who was very stressed. He was drinking, he was shouting at somebody on the phone, he was very unhealthy. When the businessman put down the phone, He orders another drink, and he sees the pastor reading a Bible. And he asks, oh, are you a religious man? And the pastor says, yes, I am. And the businessman says, so am I. He says, I tell you what, it's my faith that holds me together. I'm in this difficult job. I've got difficult relationships. I've got all these anger issues, which you probably heard on the phone. It's terrible. But you know what? I go to church on a Sunday morning. I go to my prayer meetings on a Wednesday night, and that really helps me get by. It helps me survive the crazy world that I'm in. So the pastor suddenly has an insight. He asks, can I pray for you? And the businessman says, yes. So the pastor says a simple prayer, and immediately the businessman opens his eyes and says, what a fool I've been. All this religious stuff is rubbish. All of it is nothing. It's all ridiculous. And so he stopped going to church and stopped doing all of that stuff. But what happened is now he was confronted with himself. He just had to look at his depressing life. He no longer had this element of his life that helped him get through things. And so he said, well, I probably have to change my job. Maybe I have to work through these anger issues. Maybe I should try and work on my relationships. And maybe I should actually be doing something more worthwhile with my life. And so he very gradually started changing his life. Anyways, about 10 years later, the man sees the pastor walking down the streets. He runs up to him, and he starts to cry, and he embraces him, and he says, Pastor, thank you for helping me find my faith. In our Bible reading today, the Pharisees and Sadducees are like this businessman. They begin to see their religion and their lineage as that which saves them. They think that by being busy and following the religious laws, that they are holy and that they are good even though every single Pharisee and Sadducee began their religious journeys in good faith. They wanted to love Yahweh with all their heart, soul, minds, and strength. Yet they began to replace the heart of their faith with the weight of their role. To replace the love for God with the love for religion. Their hope in the mystery with the trust in the certainty. They're like this businessman in this parable by Pete Rollins. The businessman claims he is a man of faith, but you can tell by his fruits that something is afoot. He is ruining his relationships. 
His anger clouds his judgment, and he stays in a job which he knows deep down is inflicting his heart. And so the pastor prays for him to lose his face so that he can confront himself and he can no longer hide behind his religion. John the Baptist, I believe, is doing a similar thing with the religious leaders of the day. He calls them out and tells them the consequences of their fruit so that they may be confronted with themselves. He is telling them that by being busy in their religious tasks and being born into Abraham's family does not mean they are earning their goodness. In fact, it is in their places of privilege that they are blind to their inheritance, thinking it is their own doings and makings that make them better than others. They think that they are waiting well for the Messiah by following the laws and the prophets to the letter of the law, but not the spirit of the law. They don't realize that while they are looking for the Messiah in the words of the Holy Scriptures, that they are too busy to notice the Messiah even when he is among them. You have heard it said, Do not wait idly by, but be active in your waiting. But I tell you this, be quiet in your waiting, so that you may hear the still, small voice of the Holy Spirit. There is a word in Japanese called ma. This word has many subtle translations, but in essence it means emptiness. Ma is a space between everything. It is a space in this room. It's a space between you and somebody else. It's a space in a painting. It's also the space between words. In an interview, Japanese director Hayao Miyazaki spoke about not just the use, but the need for Ma in his films. He says, the time in between my clapping is Ma. If you just have non-stop action with no breathing space at all, it's just busyness. But if you take a moment, then the tension building in the film can grow into a wider dimension. If you just have constant tension at 80 degrees, all the time, you just get numb. Do you ever feel like your life is just go, go, go all the time? That you have a constant tension of 80 plus degrees, that you start to feel numb? That you're so busy, or as my friends call it, Walden busy, because my brother and I are the busiest people they know, <laughs> that you're so busy that you don't get a chance to let your emotions catch up to you, to let your life settle into your heart and your head, or to remember who you are. For some of us, that's what the beginning of the pandemic was like. A lockdown that forced us to reassess our jobs, our relationships, and ourselves, resulting in people reprioritizing their lives. We were forced into a season that had lots of ma. And we had the space to slow down, really look at our lives, and just be. But here we are, a year and a half into the pandemic, and life is back in full swing. Our lives are busy with work and shopping again. End-of-year activities are filling our calendars again. And the Omicron variant threatens to disrupt our lives once more. But perhaps we don't have to wait for a pandemic to force us into Ma this time. Perhaps we can set aside time to be still. Perhaps in order to wait well this Advent season, the most important thing to do is nothing. But it's hard to do nothing. And nothing requires a little bit of doing something. And in fact, we have to carve out time to be able to do nothing. We must protect our time of nothingness from the time of busyness. 
Some of you may know this time of nothingness as the Sabbath. And that's exactly what I'm encouraging you to do, to truly practice a Sabbath. So I wanted to share a little bit with you my own personal Sabbath journey. Earlier this year, when I took the leap to become a full-time artist, I decided to carve out one day a week to be my Sabbath, a day where I could do nothing. And before I go any further, I want to recognize the privilege I have as a single person without children, who doesn't have to work seven days a week, without major chronic medical conditions, without any urgent daily obligations and responsibilities, which allows me to take an entire day off each week. For you, however, how much time and how often you're able to do this is based on your own personal situation, so I hope you'll consider what a Sabbath could look like for you in particular as I continue. All right, back to my Sabbath journey. The only rule I have for myself on Sabbath days was that there was nothing I have to do beyond breathing. I only have to breathe today. That's it. This was to give myself the time and space to just be human. If I found myself anxious about being bored or lazy, all I would need to remember is to breathe. My Sabbath days would usually start with sleeping in, keeping my phone as far away from me as possible, and to listen to what my body and heart wanted to do. And if I'm being honest, giving myself this much space and time was terribly difficult at first. And that's because for the first time all week, I was stuck with myself. And how hard I tried during the week to avoid all my own thoughts and feelings. <laughs> and I'm sure I'm not alone in this activity. But in this ma, that I have to remember that I am not defined by what I do, what I produce, or the quality of my relationships, I'm confronted with myself. And just like the man in the parable, or the Pharisees and the Sadducees in the Bible reading, being confronted with myself is a humbling and even harrowing experience. Needless to say, in trying to do nothing, I would quickly get to a place of feeling wildly uncomfortable, waiting to fill the void with video games or calling someone or doing chores. Sometimes I'd go for a walk in hopes to get out of my head, but finding I was still with myself. I couldn't get away from myself. And it would take me all day to finally get tired of running away from myself, that I would have to look into my heart and feel all of the feelings I hadn't been able to fully express or feel all week, all month, or all year. I was put back on myself and had to contend with the aloneness of my life, to contend with the shadows I tried desperately not to see, the potential reality that everything I fear may be true, that my friends don't actually love me, that I am a fool, that I'm wasting my life, that I have been unfaithful, insecure, misguided, and greedy, that I have not done enough to fight oppression, to house the houseless, to feed the hungry, to give to the poor, and ultimately that I will die one day. But as it is stated in Psalm 23, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I shall fear no evil, for you are with me. God, you are with us. And we must walk through the valley. We can't stand at the entrance of the dark valley and turn on a YouTube video to light up a path or reach for a bottle to give us courage or busy ourselves with tasks that we think will conjure God to us. We must walk into the darkest valley of ourselves. It is here where God resides. Martin Sheen put it this way in his conversation with Krista Tippett. 
The genius of God is to dwell where we would least likely look, within the depths of our own being, our own shallowness, our own darkness, our own humanity. The genius of God is to dwell where we would least likely look within the depths of our own being, our own shallowness, our own darkness, and our own humanity. It is only when we give ourselves space with our schedules, with our relationships, with ourselves. It is only when we walk into Ma within that we are able to push through the cacophony of the lies, comparisons, and insecurities. It is when the man in the parable loses his religion that he walks into Ma. It is when the Pharisees and Sadducees are called out by John that they are invited to put down their religious obligations and walk into Ma. We must all walk through the valley of darkness within ourselves in order to hear the still, small voice of the Holy Spirit saying to us, I am who I am. You are who you are. I am love. You are love. We are all loved for who we are. You are loved for who you are. By God's grace, we are loved into being. There is nothing we must do to receive God's love. There is no amount of doing or making or waiting that we must do to receive love. We are already swimming in love. We are loved because God loves us. Because, according to theologian Tiffany Danielle Elliott, Jesus died on the cross so that we may confront ourselves our own humanity, and the darkness within to realize that even the darkness is as light to God, as we are told in the poem of Psalm 139. May we have the courage to wait well, to take time and space to just be during this busy holiday season, to confront ourselves and let the noise of our lives pass over us so that we may hear the Holy Spirit calling us softly into hope, peace, love, and joy. Will you pray with me? Creator God, we bless you for this Advent season as we wait for your Son. May we wait well through our activities as well as through our quietude. May we find deeper expressions of hope, peace, love, and joy with you, our neighbors, and ourselves. Amen. All right, that was uh, Waiting Well, week two. I'm so thankful to Connor for his uh, message and for encouraging us and sharing with us the concept of Ma, uh, the space between the busyness and allowing us to uh, really be intentional in the ways that we are waiting as we wait upon the embodiment of hope, joy, peace, and love. Uh, tune in next week uh, as we continue our series on Waiting Well. Uh, we'll look a little bit closer at John the Baptist. In the meantime, I wanted to give a little bit of an update to uh, the Bothell Amplified community. We're going to take the rest of December and the beginning of January off. Uh, we are currently aligning up our guests and our conversation partners 
uh, and we're going to start recording those soon um, with all that's happening in the life of the church, with all the activities throughout Advent, uh, into Christmas Eve, and into the new year. Uh, we wanted to make sure that we were doing this well. So uh, we are going to keep our Monday rhythm going where we will... Uh, upload our uh, latest sermon. Uh, you can catch that here um, every Monday. And then we will uh, pause our Thursday posts uh, until the new year. Um, and we are going to look forward to uh, bringing in a whole new uh, a round of guests and some you have heard before and um, really uh, continue the conversation of how we can live our lives through this lens of faith. Uh, check out bothumc.org uh, slash advent for all the ways that you can get engaged with uh, things that are going on here. And I encourage you and invite you and uh, wish you all a holy and sacred advent season as you experience uh, the fulfillment of hope, joy, peace, and love. Uh, blessings to you and we'll see you on Monday. <laughs>